0: Horror critic.
1: Good evening, horror fans. Welcome to another episode of Killer Horror Critic. I'm your host, Matt.
2: And I'm Chris. (laughs)
1: And we are your killer married couple critiquing, laughing, and trying not to kill each other <laughs> as we discuss horror movies. But all out of love, of course. And speaking of the topic of love, that is our related to our theme for this month, which is going to be Monsters in Love. So you all voted on our poll on Twitter. That's what has been chosen. It was a very close race, but we ended up with our favorite Creatures and their aching hearts, and Aww. so, <laughs> and so we are uh, kicking off the month with one of the, I think, classic favorites in this oh, genre yeah. of monsters in love, uh, with Creature from the Black Lagoon, the film in 1954. Uh, It was directed by Jack Arnold, who went on to also do Revenge of the Creature, the sequel, as well as The Incredible Shrinking Man and many other greats. And it was written by Harry Essex, who also wrote It Came From Outer Space, and Arthur A. Ross, who uh, did the third film, The Creature Walks Among Us. And it stars Julie Adams, who was originally named Betty Adams and changed her name once she came to Hollywood. And <laughs> Like you do. Like you do. And, you know, this is, I think, if I remember correctly, was her first horror film, which she was not particularly excited to do, <laughs> but fans ended up loving it because apparently she was this actress who was like a model and famous for her legs and, like, had her legs She's insured. got some <laughs> nice
2: gams, all right? <laughs>
1: she does. Apparently she had them insured. I forget for how much money, but oh quite God. a bit. And, <laughs> and this was the first film she got to, like, show off her legs in a swimsuit. So it ended up being the one that she is most remembered for. Maybe not Damn to straight. her pleasure, but, you know, I, she seems to have good humor about it. So, <laughs> But it stars her as Kay. Uh, a scientist accompanying David, played by Richard Carlson, was apparently very difficult to work with, one of those people that thought he that he was smarter than everyone on set. <laughs> uh, Color
2: me shocked.
1: Yeah, well, well, this is David we're talking about here, the, the nicer scientist. So. <laughs> is he, though? Well, good question. Um, and then, of course, so it stars him as her boyfriend, David, and also stars Richard Denning as Mark, our sort of, more evil scientist and douchey
2: scientist or
1: douchey scientist and enrico browning who i just wanted to make sure we mentioned here who played the creature during the underwater sequences because his performance is just amazing so memorable and amazing and very brave and courageous to have done considering how much he had to hold his breath while shooting this film yeah he's a trained diver he wasn't you know so he was used to this kind of thing but still you watch these sequences, and it's pretty incredible to think that you had some guy in there in this suit underwater doing these stunts. So. It's so
2: fucking impressive. And he wasn't even wearing goggles for it because he didn't want water to get trapped in the suit.
1: Right, yeah. It's it's really quite amazing, and we're going to end up talking all about that because it's one of the best things about this movie. Yeah. And essentially, for those who haven't seen Creature from the Black Lagoon, this film that came out seven years ago, um, it's essentially about a group of scientists who... Discover a fossil and want to track down more of that fossil, and so they end <laughs> up heading into this lagoon where supposedly no one ever comes out alive. And bum bum bum, and they end up discovering this hideous Gilman monster. <gasps> who
2: <laughs> he is not hideous; he is beautiful. He
1: is beautiful, uh, but they discover insult, to, to them he is hideous. <laughs> they discover this hideous Gilman monster in their eyes. And he ends up falling in love with Kay and wants her. And of course, Kay maybe doesn't want that. And <laughs> and I don't think the other scientists are too thrilled about that. And they're also trying to catch him to possibly bring him back home. And like, yeah, the whole thing. It's big a stuff. whole thing. It's a whole thing. But we are going to be swelling this movie, so if you have not seen it, please go do check it out. Uh, it is well worth your time. It's only eighty minutes, not a big chunk of your day.
2: <laughs> no, put it on while uh, you're doing laundry
1: sure put it on do it put it on while you're doing whatever it's only 80 minutes but we are going to be spoiling it so check it out first we will let you know when we're getting into spoiler territory with it just to give you a heads up but before we get into spoilers we have our usual spoiler free content so as far as releases go this week really quick first up is a film called alone with you and this is coming to vod on the 8th and it also features barbara crampton in a small role uh, but this is a great film. Uh, I caught it at a festival not too long ago, and it's essentially about a woman who is at home in her apartment, and she's waiting for her lover to come home and have like a nice romantic night with her. But she also suffers from like jealousy issues and all this kind of stuff. And it, to say much more would be to would be to get too into spoilers potentially mm-hmm. with it. Um, but the idea essentially is. Uh, this woman starts to experience all kinds of horror within her apartment, you know, like creepy neighbors and Ooh. and and windows that lead to nowhere and like all this kind of stuff. So it becomes a question of is any of this real? Is it in her mind? Is it both? You know. So, uh, but really creepy film, really well done. Uh, the the main actress in it is phenomenal, and of course you get Barbara Crampton for like, you know, a couple scenes, and I mean, she's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> but so that's out on the eighth, and another film. Uh, is all the moons, which is coming to Shutter on the tenth, and this one is essentially a coming-of-age fantasy vampire film. I, I forget which war it takes during place around or after, but it's it's a it takes place. I, I want to say I should have looked this up beforehand. I want to say it's around like the sixteen hundred something like that, but basically it follows this little girl who uh is in an orphanage and after an attack from the war she ends up uh being near death and she gets saved by this woman who is a vampire who makes her a vampire and then she ends up getting separated from this woman and then the film basically becomes about her kind of growing up as a vampire and kind of having to learn all of the vampiric bullshit Uh, on her own, and, you know, goes on this whole journey of, like, is she a monster, or is she a human, or what is she, you know?
2: This sounds amazing.
1: It's, it's, it's very good. It's not perfect, but it's very good. It's a gorgeous-looking film. The cinematography in it is amazing. It's my favorite parts about it. Uh, really beautiful-looking movie. But if that sounds like your jam, I highly recommend checking it out. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And then lastly is a film called Shapeless, and this is coming to VOD on the 10th and this is essentially a body horror film dealing with bulimia and you know uh, oh, different different eating disorders <laughs> mm-hmm. and essentially about a woman who is kind of going through like these bodily changes who also suffers from bulimia and they're they become kind of interconnected and it's another one that's kind of hard Damn. to talk much about it's it's a very difficult watch it's a good film but it's very hard to watch you know because it gets Really in deep and intimate with some of this very kind of real life stuff, while mm-hmm. also throwing in these body horror elements. So
2: this sounds, sounds fucking <laughs> intense.
1: It is. It's intense. Uh, but it's a good film. So if that sounds like you know something that you'd be up for, I suggest checking it out. But if you kind of are are already off. A little bit of like, oh, I don't know, body horror, bulimia. It might not be for you. So, <laughs> but you can actually check out my review for all of those uh, on killerhorrorcrit.com. Alone with You and Shapeless are already up. All the Moons should be up sometime in the middle of this week. But yeah, so go check that out at killerhorrorcrit.com. Uh, and then last, thing I'd like to do before getting the spoilers here, it's just kind of the tagline versus the film, what we think of Creature from the Black Lagoon overall. So the tagline for Creature was, "Not since the beginning of time." Has the world beheld terror like this? <laughs> so, what do you think of uh, the tagline? What do you think of Creature from the Black Lagoon overall?
2: That's a fucking long tagline. I miss taglines. They lines were lines being all that like long. this that, I'm in not, that era. <laughs> I'm not knocking it. I just miss this era of, of taglines because I think that the like paragraph is fun. Anywho, for me. Okay, so I have this feeling about pretty much all of the universal like monster horror films is that I think that this movie is gorgeous. I do really like the... Are you
1: about to say you hate it? I feel like I'm there's not, a fuck no, coming no, no, on. I'm <laughs> not
2: about to say I hate it. Look, I think all the universal horror monster movies are some of the most gorgeous films. Technically, they are phenomenal, especially what they were accomplishing at the time. Like When you look at that costuming for the 50s, I love how all the actors talk. Like, I miss Mm. that, like, old film way of talking. I love all of that. And I get so bored. (laughs) Like, I love these movies. And Chris just
1: lost half the audience. (laughs) No, no, no. This is
2: is not a knock, but I do think that, like, the older films can be hard to watch sometimes. Well, well, look,
1: I mean, here's the thing. It was 1954. Yeah. It It was 30 years, more than 30 years before you were even born, you know? So, like it's it's a different era mm-hmm. you know it's a different filmmaking style and 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 look to be to be fair to your its boring opinion <laughs> as messy. much as i don't like it it's
2: i guess it, boring's not the no, right word no 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 it's
1: fine it's fine you hate it um i don't hate my, it it's just
2: a perfect laundry movie but as much
1: i that's i think that's a good way to describe it look as much as as much as it it might seem boring to you and all that kind of mm. stuff. I get it. Look, you know, these movies were very formulaic, espe- mm. especially the universal monster movies. They they all share similar uh genes in a sense, mm. you know, like they they most of them involve, you know, a kind of monster who's m- you know more human than we give them credit for who yeah. is generally either in love or wants love or is lonely you know like there there's that element to it there's a very gothicism sort of to mm-hmm. Uh, most of these movies, and there's always like, yeah, like I said, like that girl that the monster's trying to kidnap, or you know, and there's always a bunch of people that want to kill the monster, even though the monster isn't really all that evil, you know? Didn't do anything wrong! Um, well, they are killing people, but... No, no, no. He, did, he did,
2: Gilly did nothing wrong. Gilly
1: does murder people in the beginning of They invade movie. his space! They did, they did. He has his reasons, yes. it, but, you know, I, I think if someone, like, comes into our apartment building, we don't just automatically murder them, so. Okay, maybe some of you do. <laughs> I don't know. That's not my job. That's not what I do. Um, but but yeah, no. So I mean, look, they're not. Look, they're not. They're not exciting Marvel movies. All right, like they're. Hey. <laughs> they're not. They're not that level of film. What I love about these old classic movies is that there is sort of. Uh, they feel more Hollywood. You know, they yes. they they feel like they're from uh, that sort of. I'm not gonna call the Golden Age because we have so many great ages of film, but. You know they, they are from this time where you know Hollywood was more of like this kind of dreamy sort of yes. system, and like you know, there were the Hollywood stars, and we all really looked at it like that. Now it's very different, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, now a lot of people can you know, you think of Hollywood and you think like this. Kind of gross, dirty place, and that's what it is. I mean, if you actually come to <laughs> Hollywood, it's like one of the grossest cities on the planet. Um, <laughs> it's
2: it's but pretty it, filthy.
1: But you know, but there was just a grandeur to these to these older films, mm-hmm. this very dreamy quality to them that 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 I think is very attractive and, and alluring at yeah. that age. But uh, and, and and works I, into a lot of this movie is why it's you know so. Uh, kind of, like, overwhelming sometimes, like, how beautiful this movie is. But on that nerdy note, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so what I want to say about this is, I mean, you know, forget the tagline, yeah, long, whatever, different age. But just, just some fun facts about this film is that, you know, so it, it was originally titled uh, The Sea Monster. Oh, that's
2: a terrible name. <laughs>
1: and, well, as far as I can understand, it went through different, uh, ver- various different iterations, and one of them coming from William Allen, who the, uh, who the script is based on the idea from, and and Alan, you know, very much admitted, essentially, that, you know, the, this movie, The Sea Monster, which which he originally titled it, was essentially a ripoff of King Kong, you know. And, <laughs> and, and 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 if you do watch these movies kind of back to back, you know, you can it's, see all those similarities. You it's know, very
2: apparent. Uh,
1: particularly with the monster that, you know, a, a, a beautiful woman catches their eye and they the go off and steal them. And Both
2: <laughs> women are dressed in white for I- their iconic scenes.
1: Uh, sure. I mean, it's black and white, <laughs> so I don't really know that that matters, but... All right,
2: fair
1: <laughs> enough. <A dumb laughs> they point. only have two colors to choose from, Chris.
2: <laughs> Shut up.
1: Uh, forgot. <laughs> um, 50-50 odds there. <laughs> well, and and the funny thing, too, is, you know, I don't think this is a spoiler, but uh, the funny thing, too, is originally the film was actually going to end a lot like King Kong, where they were going to take the monster, like, back home, and it was going to get...
2: <gasps> it was going to get
1: loose on some, like, coastal town or whatever and recap it and it was even going to end i think with like people shooting it from helicopters uh and obviously that didn't happen they went with the much simpler uh ending but (laughs) but yeah so you know it's just funny because this film went through so much development and in just trying to like you know find what we're going to do with this movie because it started off kind of very simple and plain and (laughs) reductive of what they had done before but then by the time it actually got to shooting and and you just see what they're doing with all the underwater sequences, you know, it, it, it was it was never a film that was so highly original. But just the way it was shot and some of these sequences that were conducted are just so kind of mesmerizing and beautiful yeah. that, you know, and then just becoming a classic. And, of course, the the creature design, you know, just phenomenal. It's, it's one of the best creatures ever designed for film. And. You know, the this is one of the – the creature from Black Lagoon was coming on the heels of all of Universal's other classic monsters, you know, which had run through the 30s and the 40s, the Wolfman, Dracula, the Mummy, all of them, and here comes the creature in 1954, and still that one ended up becoming like part of that catalog of classic universal monsters we all remember because that design is just so incredible like you don't forget the creature no you know and he's been recreated throughout the decades and every time I'm just like that looks fucking awesome (laughs) (laughs) and I'm still mad that Guillermo del Toro didn't get to make his creature movie
2: (laughs) yeah but his shape of water movie is pretty fantastic
1: shape of water is fantastic and I've always looked at it as kind of being like It is kind of his creature movie. It is his creature movie. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, the way I I like to think about it is like, you know, the the creature that's in Shape of Water. That's just that's just Gilly's like great, great nephew, you know, who got to to be in this Gilmero del Toro movie. (laughs) But anyway, okay, so we got to get into this film here. So uh, so 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 we are back in the spoilers. So, again, if you have not seen the film, please go do so. We are going to spoil as much of it as possible and talking about this. Uh, but otherwise, let's just get right into it. So, first of all, I I just really want to quickly mention because I didn't there uh, this film was also shot in 3D. You know, it I'm was,
2: sorry, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was shot in 3D, and you know, it's um, it's really fun. You know, it, it's one of those scenes of, I've actually never seen it in 3D.
2: I want to see it in 3D and, so bad.
1: And it was one of those movies that kind of came around the heyday of 3D. You know, the 50s when that kind of became a gimmick to like key people in theaters because of television you know as 3d tends to be (laughs) throughout the decades it's always a response from the studios to be like fuck we're losing audiences we need to get them back in the theater uh because you can't get 3d like this at home you know so it's just really fun to go back and hear people describe watching this movie because you know to them 3d was a new thing so it's like when they when they see the creature in these swimming sequences they're like it was like the creature was just out there in the theater swimming around. oh <laughs> God,
2: I, I would kill to be able to see this movie in 3D. Because, look, this movie is gorgeous and amazing and filled with terrible scientists. I love Creature from the Black Lagoon, but can I just say how much, like, I fucking hate the dudes in this movie? Like, Kay is amazing. Gilly is amazing. But if these dudes are supposed to be scientists, they are the fucking worst scientists I have ever seen. Why is that? Because... Because they're awful. Like, they have absolutely no scientific procedure to anything. They're rushing what, through. What, you mean
1: You mean when they find the fossil <laughs> in the rock and they just, like, smack it off? Yeah, not, he just yanks it out. The, he yanks <laughs>
2: it out. There's a moment where they go they go back to excavate more. And there's no tiny brushes, little pigs. They're just hitting the fucking, like, rock with a hammer. Mm. And, look, my whole thing for me. That's oh, so how
1: you did it back in the 50s.
2: <laughs> no. No, it is not. It's disrespectful to the scientific community. But no, I I don't think
1: they give a shit.
2: (laughs) But no, what I think is, you know, kind of perfect with the creature from the Black Lagoon is the fact that for me, at least that kind of touches on kind of the invasive nature of scientific discovery. And the fact that if you're going into any of these things for, like, the wrong reasons, then you have a chance to pretty much completely destroy not only, you know, your research, but the entire area you're researching. A.K.A. they killed all the goddamn fish.
1: Well, okay. They they killed
2: every fish in that lagoon.
1: Yes, they did. Uh, Well, look, so first of all, the... uh, I, I love the irony of the opening to this movie, where you know they're kind of going through essentially the whole like Big Bang theory and evolution and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and, and it it always makes me kind of laugh because like you know they're they're sort of throwing creationism and evolution into the same <laughs> into the same trajectory of you know the planet and the universe in the sense that you know it begins with like God snapped his fingers and poof <laughs> there was the universe you know uh-huh. but that but then it gets really sciency into like you know, the Devonian era and (laughs) things developing, you know, abilities to breathe and come out of the ocean and evolution, you know? (laughs) So, I don't know. So, I I love that sort of uh, science versus God kind of thing. But that ultimately ends up not even being the theme. It's like you said, you know, this is basically kind of like most science, horror and, you know, sci-fi movies at the time, sci-fi monster movies. Is there 98, 99% of the time they're just almost always about this sort of science versus nature kind of thematic mm-hmm. of you know that essentially always boils down to don't fuck with nature fuck yeah. around, fuck <laughs> around with nature and find out you yeah. know that that's what these movies always are like you, she will destroy you nature mother nature will fuck your shit up you know and <laughs> and and that's that's the deal here with creature i mean think about it you know the the creature monster isn't like you know, he's not—he's not like superhuman or anything. No. I mean, he's a, he's a fucking fish, you know. Yeah, I mean,
2: he's, <laughs> he's, he's a he's little a, more than a fish.
1: He's a fucking fish, and <laughs> and yet he manages to come in and like destroy pretty much this entire crew of like. What is there like eight people or so he, I ki- think he so. kills all of them except for like three. <laughs> handed bare-flippered. <laughs> he takes on these fucking Just rip, so ripping so-called their goddamn scientists. faces off. Just ripping the faces off these fucking so-called scientists <laughs> and it, it's a theme I love to see and and it's why it's why Creature is kind of one of those movies where it helps sort of, you know, kind of kind of solidify the genre and sort of what it was going to be for, you know, all the way up until now i mean this Mm. is it hasn't changed since you know that's what it continues to be and and yeah you do see so many examples of that and what's really interesting is it's not just like you know it's not just our our evil scientist quote-unquote mark who Mm -hmm. is just fucking (laughs) obsessed with killing shit like he really likes killing shit like mark mark is you know mark is like psychotic like he just (laughs) he just wants to he just wants to like rip open a fish and like rub its fish guts all over his face and (laughs) He might even get a little bit hard during that. I don't know. Mark's Mark's a oh, weird definitely. guy. definitely. Mark's a weird dude. He's he's very about fighting. Um, he is polishing but, his
2: harpoon.
1: Oh, he sure is. Uh, with blood. Yep. Um <laughs> But but you know, it's not even about Mark. It's everyone. Like mm-hmm. all of them are kind of dicks. <laughs> yes. To to nature, even Kay, our our supposed heroine who is smoking a cigarette at one point and just like tosses it in the water. just fucking throws garbage. And I just love the shot when she tosses it in the water and then it sort of pans down to Gilman and he just has this look of like, you bitch, (laughs) 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 that was my home. (laughs) I had
2: a crush on you, but now I don't know so much.
1: Yeah, now you're kind of making me question things. I think we need a second date to figure this out. (laughs)
2: How dare you? You know, and I think it's interesting that we, they do kind of present a little bit of this conflict between, you know, David and Mark as our two scientists because Mark is very much, yeah, about killing shit. He just wants to kill the gill man, take him back so he can prove to everybody that he found this thing. Whereas David is taking the much more scientific approach where he's saying, no, 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 we have to study this. You know, we really have to like live in this environment and it's just i have this moment with david where he's just like yeah no we we have to save it like no no you don't give a shit about this creature <laughs> any more than like mark they, does they're very
1: they're very surface level about their love of <laughs> They, Everything beneath the surface here. Well, and it's
2: this thing, like, if we go back to them, like, trying to, like, hack the fossils out of, like, the limestone, you know, they're only there for a week, and they're like, God damn it, we well, haven't found anything. I'm like, bitch, well, talk to a paleontologist. Well,
1: well it's the hypocrisy <laughs> of science, right? Yeah. You know, and and the, interesting, uh, the interesting thing is they, Mark and David in particular, kind of represent two sides of it, but they're basically two sides of the same coin. because yeah. Because on one hand, you have Mark that is trying – you know, it, that is all in it for the publicity and the fame, and he's mm-hmm. willing to, like, kill and do whatever for it. And and David, you know, and, and look, you know, as much as you might hate Mark, uh, props to him at least for for being who he is, I guess. He is because, very honest. Because, because David is not honest about who he is as a person, you know. No. Da- David is very much like, oh, I'm all about the environment and saving things. <laughs> and, you know, like, oh, love and creatures. And, like, he he's very he he tries to project that sort of side of himself but when you boil it down you know he's he's really just like mark in a lot of ways in the yeah. sense that like he's still he's still uh pulverizing and pounding the earth and taking <laughs> what and taking what he wants from it uh, really for his own kind of fame in a sense or his own sort of pride of like finding this knowledge you know and yeah and so so they're they're two sides of the same coin and 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 if you want to take it a step further i mean look they're they're all the same for the most part in the sense that you know there are a few exceptions here in this crew but they're all basically representative of like that theme of you know fucking white man invading shit and yeah (laughs) and feeling like they get the right to do whatever the hell they want you know like i it, it and this is what's always fun to me is well maybe not maybe fun's not the right word but <laughs> it's always fascinating to me to go back and watch these films because you know i i would i would be surprised if the creators at the time truly understood what they were sort of saying <laughs> <laughs> with that particular element <laughs> of the movie you know like obviously they obviously they were intentional with the sort of uh, science versus nature kind of elements yeah. to it right like obviously they were uh, talking about the way that we shit all over the environment, <laughs> but what's not being said there and what's not maybe being admitted to there uh, knowingly is this idea that like ah, this, is ba- this is basically a white dude thing you know like yeah. this is, like we have we have that in our fucking blood of like you know coming to America and taking it from uh, indigenous people. And <laughs> exactly.
2: I kind of view it as another metaphor for like colon, uh,
1: colonialism. Colonialism,
2: Yeah, yeah it's just. That's oh, exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> they're going into this untouched area and they feel like they kind of have the right to do with it whatever they want. Irregardless of, you know, the creatures who already live there.
1: I mean, look, this whole movie is is they're they're breaking into the creature's home, right? They like, they're breaking into like the, his
2: home, they're killing his friends, they're stabbing him. Right.
1: Like if like if you <laughs> actually study it like the way the creature works in this, like, okay, he he kills the two dudes in the beginning, and you know, that's they
2: that's, stole his mom's bones. <laughs> they st- <laughs> sure,
1: they stole his they mom's bones. They grave robbed. Wh- which by the way, there there is sort of an, an unsettling vibe here of a lot of minorities die first in this movie before yes, any white do. dudes get it. <laughs> but <laughs> they but,
2: all die first.
1: Yeah, but so well not all, but so he yeah, he he goes and attacks those guys, they invaded his home, whatever. But then afterwards, like once once our main cast invades the lagoon, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't start off all murdery, he's more curious, you yeah. no? He's like he's like playing with Julie Adams and that kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. and <laughs> As bad as that sounds. And then, and then you know, they, they shoot first. Like, they come down the water, and they're like, oh, a thing I don't recognize. Spear gun, spear gun, spear gun. Yeah. <laughs>
2: they shoot him, and then they drug his friends. And at that point, he's like, you know what? Y'all fucking suck. Yeah. You need to get the fuck out of my house. Yeah,
1: I I, I think at the point that they decide to, to just throw like cocaine into the water <laughs> and, it, and it's not cocaine it's what what is it called the uh, rogeneron or something
2: something rohypnol ro,
1: no it's not rohypnol <laughs> although it's basically the same thing yes. um, but which whatever roatone roatone i don't know yeah. whatever it is it's apparently a real thing that uh, people have used but um but yeah they basically just like fuck up all these fish and and you know chris made a good point of like you know it, it's not it's not in <laughs> It's not said in the film whether or not they're killing those fish, but if they're paralyzed and floating up at the top of the water, we don't really know how long they're out and they're probably dying. And There's probably a <laughs> lot
2: dying. Look, I think we also have to acknowledge the fact that Gilly is like shit faced drugged this entire film. They've put so much drugs in the water that I don't think he's like 100% responsible because he is. Well, he's been heavily drugged. Well, listen, we. And we don't, shot.
1: <laughs> well, listen, we don't want to put out there the 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 idea that you're not responsible for your actions when you're drunk but no but i will say the Man, you know we can't we can't totally hold everything he does <laughs> against him in the end because he is pretty wasted you know so like yeah. we're not i am not condoning stealing Kay off the boat <laughs> but does the Gill Man really even know what he's doing at that point is a question cuz he, I... he he is love obsessed he has kind of a sick crush on Kay. <laughs> And, uh,
2: he's a little bit compromised.
1: And and he's a little compromised by how much he's had to inhale. Inhale and <laughs> um, been shot at. And been shot at. Here's he's been shot many <laughs> times by the time he does this.
2: <laughs> In here, I'm going to say this. I know that we don't get to spend a lot of time with with Gilly. Look, I'm going to call the Gilman Gilly this entire time because I think he deserves a name. Having said that, I almost kind of feel well, they call like... call him
1: the Beastie on set. I don't know if that'll oh, make you happy they or They call not, him the Beastie? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: okay, I'll start calling him the Beastie, because that's adorable. But look, I almost kind of feel like I know we don't get to spend a lot of time with him as a character, but Kay might be better off with him than with the douchebags that she's hanging out with right now.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> that that that's another sort of fascinating thing going on in the film here, is that to me... Uh, w- to to me there's definitely a lot of history here that's not being talked about in the movie.
2: Like that she probably fucked Mark? I'm pretty
1: sure she <laughs> fucked Mark. She you definitely
2: know, fucked Mark.
1: If she didn't if she didn't fuck Mark
2: she did the fifties equivalent of fucking Mark. What the fuck
1: is the fifties? <laughs> what a blowjob! No,
2: like I don't they, know. They've, Holding they've been, hands, they, they go even, to the soda pub.
1: I don't even know if they knew about blowjobs in the fifties. Um.
2: <laughs> they've always known about blowjobs.
1: <laughs> but no, they, look, was they, <laughs> <laughs> a
2: dark time. No
1: blowjobs in the fifties. She she's gotten Mark's flippers off before. Um, so, <laughs> so so no, there there is this hidden history there. I think, and it's. It's sort of interesting because it becomes a, a little bit like a triangle between her, David, and Mark, where there's this constant. And Beastie. I'm getting there. <laughs> Whereas there's this constant sort of like primal animosity, competitive, you know, yes. f- fight basically between David and Mark, uh, where they're constantly trying to like sort of fight for her attention. Like, I, I love like <laughs> stupid moments where, you know, Mark and David are about to go into the water and. Kay says something about hoping, you know, David's safe, and Mark's like, well, I hope you hope I'm safe, too, or I hope you hope I come back safe, too, Kay. And she's like, of course, Mark. Yeah, it's fuck like, you, Mark. He's like, fuck you, Mark. What the <laughs> fuck? It's that's fucking David's wife or girl. That's, that's his girl. You know what he's doing? Well, that's <laughs> the thing.
2: is like they've got this weird, like, bro fight going on, but David won't put a goddamn ring on it. Everybody's like David, fucking when, marry this girl. When
1: when David when David tells her in the beginning that that he's going to need a lifetime to figure it out Mm -hmm. i i take that less like the sweet response that she takes it as Mm -hmm. of like oh he wants to be with me forever and i take it more as like no david is not going to touch you for the rest (laughs) of his life he is never gonna marry you because he's not doing it with you until he's married and that probably just ain't gonna happen
2: (laughs) i still can't get over there's a moment where carl I want to say is the one who discovers the the fossil initially. Yes, oh, yeah. Dr.
1: Carl Mana, played by Antonio Moreno.
2: Yeah, where he's basically like, kind of like getting on David of like, hey, so you know it's it's cheaper for two to live as one. Basically being like, hey, hey, get the,
1: get them tax credits, bitch. Like, <laughs>
2: what are you doing? And David's response is, oh, Kay needs a raise before she can afford me, like. What the fuck, dude? Well, so you lazy about scientist. So
1: well, this is another one of those things, you know, with going back to 1954 and watching a movie from that period mm-hmm. is that, you know, it, it's, it's going back in time to a slightly worse time for women because it's still pretty fucking bad. But. No, but he's <laughs>
2: expecting Kay to be his sugar mama
1: well okay maybe i i I, that's how
2: i read it i just
1: took it as as him knocking k on not getting paid enough but
2: oh that's (laughs) um, also awful
1: yeah but 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 i mean this is the thing you go back and watch this movie and you're like man k being the only woman on this boat really stands out because all of these guys really treat her like like she's fucking weak and pathetic and can't do shit you know her so yeah well i mean that was a decade right you know it's mm-hmm. like you look you just see all these scenes where like like early on before they decide to go to the black lagoon and they're trying to figure out and they're like oh i don't know it could be a dangerous place i don't want to put K in that situation <laughs> and and that like all ties into you know essentially the way that david and mark are competing over Kay because it you know it all speaks to like how how men are you know objective objectify (laughs) women and all that kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. and 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 like in particular mark in this case because he's all about like you know he he still if there's like this weird vibe of like it almost kind of feels like he thinks he still has ownership over Kay to to some degree you know there's like that and and even just the the example of you know the boat being named rita just kind Mm -hmm. of like touches on the idea of like how men are always just like objectifying women and like you know there's no there's no boats named like tom or you know (laughs) or david or mark it's always like some woman's name right so (laughs) that's
2: why my car's name is owen
1: right exactly because you are choosing to objectify men yes i am (laughs) because if we're gonna do it you might as well too so
2: fuck yeah
1: um so no but that but that ends up being a theme of this of this movie where it becomes interesting because a lot of people we're going to talk about the the creature in particular and his love of gay but I, in a sense, almost kind of feel like the creature is somewhat of a stand in for Mark in a way because, because, oh, because well,
2: of the possessive nature,
1: well, because of the po- yeah, mostly. So, uh, he well, he kind of works as both David and Mark, but I'm going to mm-hmm. say Mark specifically in this case because he's kind of like so. If you look at this creature, you know, he's like this this monstrous thing right like this thing that just can't let go of its i know you're upset that i'm calling the creature a monster <laughs> but he is <laughs> but
2: beastie he, is amazing and adorable and i love he him he is
1: adorable chris but he's still <laughs> a monster and so so you know they're um he, he's he's like this monstrous looking thing he's not human you know he's he's disgusting in their eyes and mm-hmm. it, i mean he's a fucking fish for fuck's sake and he's like <laughs> and and you know and it's just, it's to them this ugly thing and and when you sort of watch the creature as being this uh, possessive sort of monster that, like, you know, Kay catches its eyes and it wants her. And it's kind of like this thing that's hiding underneath the surface, the way that Mark's kind of feelings are sort of hiding underneath his surface, you know. I, I just end up taking it like it's all, it's, uh, the creature's all just like a metaphor for Mark and how he just cannot let Kay go, you know. and And, oh, and, and he's sort of driven to, like, this anger and this monstrous side and, like, him and the creature both dying in the end is essentially like you know the the destruction of that sort of or, or the the way that that love has sort of you know uh, self destructed within inside within Mark and he's kind of you know lost hey. himself.
2: <laughs> I I can kind of see that. I disagree because I love Gilly. Um.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it, either way, no matter which direction in this we go, we're gonna we're gonna come to the conclusion that Gilly is this sort of like this forbidden love in a, in a sense, right? And and that's kind of the thing with Mark. It's not the same, mm-hmm. but it's similar in that, you know, Mark has this love that's not allowed to, what he calls love, mm-hmm. that's not allowed to like be acted on, you know, because yeah. now Kay has David's.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if Shape of Water taught me anything, it's that it's not a forbidden love. It's just that Kay didn't get to know Gilly well enough. Yes, yeah,
1: so if Shape of Water taught us anything, <laughs> it's that we can totally fuck fish. But <laughs> Yes.
2: Well, look, here's, here's my whole thing with it. What I kind of find interesting to look at with Creature from the Black Lagoon is it, let's look at the first scene where the Creature and Kay actually kind of interact. And that's kind of that iconic swimming scene, right? Because uh. my kind of takeaway from it is that the Creature isn't, like inherently overly violent or anything like that it's more of a learned behavior because like when when David and Mark are first down there you know Gilly's just watching he's trying to learn he's being a proper fucking scientist and learning about these new things in his environment as opposed to just shooting and killing everything and then we have like that swimming scene and look Kay's a fucking dumbass for not realizing that the creature is there
1: no, she's not. Wait, okay, look. Well, she all,
2: is. It's like two feet away from her. No, she should for, be able to see that. No, first
1: of all, you, you take you take thematics too specifically. You know, you, it can't.
2: That's what I do, like, Matthew. Like with,
1: like with <laughs> themes, like it's never it's never gonna hit like every single possible character trait. You know, no, so like, I know. So like when I when I say that the creature is you know like Mark, it's like they're not gonna be exactly the same. I, but <laughs> I
2: understand where you're coming from. Um. But for me, what I think is interesting is his first interaction with Kay is. You know, it's him well, mimicking her. Like, it's well, him swimming with her, and, like, yes, he does kind well look, of touch her, but... Well look,
1: okay, look, look, if it, 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 look on the other side of it, okay? So if it's not, if he's not representative of Mark, and we want to toy around with something else, you can also say David, because, you know, because David is this dude who we don't even know if David has touched Kay for all we know, and... <laughs> David has
2: definitely touched Kay. We don't... They kiss...
1: They kiss I was in
2: the movie. They
1: kiss, all right. That's but like don't... the
2: equivalent of fucking in a '50s film.
1: Exactly. So that <laughs> might be the only way they've gone so far. We don't know, Chris. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I forgot uh, they don't have
2: blowjobs in the '50s. You, you have
1: to remember this was the '50s, all right. Where where test audiences, if I remember correctly, uh, complained about the fact that. That <laughs> Julie Adams was in a swimsuit because it was too provocative. All right, so like
2: we got to see them gams. Like They're insured. To, like,
1: you have to remember this is a different time period, um, where kissing was fucking. And so you know, so so you've got this creature that's like poking and prodding a K and kind of like figuring her out as a woman, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could argue that like all of the men in this movie, they don't know shit about women. You know, like they I, do not. Like, like going back to the whole thing where. You know they're they're debating on taking Kay with her, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know about taking her into an unexplored territory." And I just want to turn around the mark and be like, "Bitch, a woman is an unexplored territory for you." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you shut your face, man. K can handle this shit. But yes, okay, the 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 infamous underwater sequence, as you mentioned. I don't think she's that dumb for doing it and look i love this
2: i don't think she's dumb for doing it i think she's dumb for not noticing that he's there
1: i I love this moment like i love everything about this moment from from the second that Kay decides to jump into the water because it's this you know it's this sort of like hugely in my opinion and you can correct me because you actually are a woman but (laughs) it's to me this like hugely feminist moment where you know you have all these dudes that were just talking to her uh kind of about like the dangers of the water and everything. And and to, like, stay close and all this kind of stuff. And then they all go abandon her and, like, go into the cabin to do guy stuff, you know, which is probably just <laughs> one big circle jerk down there. Probably.
2: <laughs> That's what guys and do, right, when they're alone?
1: Absolutely. Um. If any guy says they're not, they're lying to you. But, uh, but, but, no, they all go down there and they leave her alone. And the very first thing that she does is be like, oh, they told me it was dangerous? Fuck them, you know? Yeah. And she like, gets in her bathing suit and goes and jumps into the water and swims out far away from the ship. Like, she does not care. They told her that there are fucking, like, mad-eating catfish in, <laughs> in this lagoon, and she's like, I don't give a shit, you know? I wouldn't even go in that water. Kay is braver than I am. Yes, and, she is. <laughs> yeah, she very much is. And... You know, so it's just, like, that's such a beautifully freeing moment of her just being like, fuck, man. I'm going to go do what I want. It's this moment where she doesn't have to deal with any of them and gets to go be in her own piece, right? And then, yeah, and then you just end up getting this beautiful sequence with uh, the creature kind of swimming underneath her. And I think it's, and, and you know, take aside the uh, incredible performance from Rico Browning. Oh, my God. Uh, having to perform those stunts underwater. Mm-hmm. But... But, you know, I just love the whole kind of concept of it because to me, it's so emblematic of, you know, of how many of us have felt with a crush where it's like, there's your crush and they're sort of, you know, right in front of you, like you're just inches away, mm-hmm. but they don't see you. You can't touch them even though they're right there, mm-hmm. you know, and and you're sort of like, you sort of feel like <laughs> this kind of like monster <laughs> that they won't notice, you know, like yeah. in, in those crushes that are more devastating and and it all, just, it all just feels like that. You know, it feels like that crush where, like, you just want to reach out and tell the person how you feel, but you're kind of worried that they're going to scream and, like, try to shoot you with the harpoon. Gun, so, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. Look, I definitely agree with you. The, the iconic sequence is so beautiful because it is Kay asserting her independence, which she is not given in this film. There's no point in this film where she is really, truly allowed to, like, have her own voice, have her own sense of self. I think the closest she comes is when she has a conversation with the doctor who gets his face ripped off, who tells her that she doesn't owe Mark anything anymore. That's the Mm. only time that we get somebody who actually acknowledges that Kay is a very intelligent researcher in her own right.
1: Yeah, it, I, I, love how, I love how the one guy that, like, acknowledges that Kay is, get, you know, above that is the one who gets, like, horribly disfigured. Yeah, gets his
2: fucking face ripped off.
1: It's like, the, the creature's like, how dare you try to convince her that she has a place in the world, damn it.
2: You know, but it is, you know, it's not just that Kay's swimming. It's she's doing those water acrobatics. It's very mm. much a very freeing moment. Well, well, she's
1: diving into a world that's not controlled by men, you know. That's yeah. that's the thing is they're in this unexplored territory, right? Mm-hmm. It's this place where, like, you know, fucking white dudes don't have, like, their <laughs> grips in it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that it's symbolic of her just, like, getting away from that, you know, and just jumping into this place where white men don't run shit, and she gets you, to kind of be her own woman. So. Well, and
2: that's why for me, like, I definitely agree, and I can see where you're coming from with um, with Beastie, Gilly, whatever we want to call him, like, being a reflection of the darker tendencies of, of men, and Mark specifically. But for me, I want to look at it with a more, like, I don't know, um, hopeful viewpoint, where mm. he is a different culture. So I view it more as his way of approaching her is a lot more respectful. He's giving her her space. He's trying to mimic her interests and take an interest and not invade her space too much. Like, when he goes out to reach for her, it's not like what all the other men in this film would do. It's not this grabbing motion. It's not really aggressive when he first tries to. It's these really soft, like, hey, hi,
1: (laughs) I mean, I don't know. He's still like, trying to grab her ankles, which was kind of like grabbing them by the you-know-what at the time. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is not Victorian ages. It was the 50s. Ankles are not a sex object in the 50s. Her legs were
1: a fucking sex object in <laughs> the 50s. But not her ankles. <laughs> oh, I see. We, we moved We moved a, a portion of the body upwards. <laughs>
2: no, but, like, I, I want to take it. I know it. what you're saying, though. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> um, but then, like, I want to look at the change in the creature that, like, I don't feel like he becomes, yes, he does murder the people, but they grave <laughs> He they does. grave robbed first, so that's I mean, their own fault.
1: I mean, look, I loved my grandma. I don't really give a shit if someone digs up her grave. I'm not gonna go murder them over it.
2: <laughs> different cultures. But like I I'm so, yeah. fish <laughs>
1: people way different than human people. Yeah, you don't
2: fuck with their graves. But like I wanna view it more as like what happens, you know, potentially when when colonial colonizers and outside forces come in and how their aggressive behavior can kind of like change someone else
1: why why i love the creature is that i think that we can all kind of look at him or her and find sort of you know a, a piece of ourselves in the creature i think that's what works so well and that's what works so well with a lot of universal's monster movies is that even when you even if you didn't completely agree with uh, the Creature's actions in any of these movies, there there was still a sort of sympathy where you could you could find yourself connecting in one way or another. And so why I love The Creature and why it fits so well into this kind of, you know, monsters in love month is mm-hmm. that is that The Creature in, in in so many ways represents kind of all of us, you know, so like if you're if you're someone like me who was you know, bullied and and kind of, you know, picked on by kids. And, like, mm-hmm. I had plenty of moments where, like, you know, a crush treated me like crap or whatever. Aww. It's like, you know, I, I can sort of see myself in the creature of, like, mm-hmm. you know, being this person that, you know, I just wanted to be loved. And, yeah. and like, you're getting your love shot down. Like, that's ultimately what he is for all of us, is mm-hmm. he's that representation for all of us of, like, just wanting to be loved, you know? Mm-hmm. And just – and and being so close to what you think is love, but mm-hmm. you just – you can't – you just – you're, you're so close, but you just can't get that love that you want, you know?
2: <laughs> Can I just say that I just had a drunken epiphany? Sure. Okay. What if the creature, like, look, we all shit on the creature because he tries to kidnap Kay, and, you know, that's not the base of a good relationship and all that kind of stuff. But hear me out. What if the creature is trying to save Kay? Like, he doesn't understand these people who are coming in. Like, he just knows that these people are violent because they attack him. They shoot at him. So maybe he thinks that Kay is in danger, and he's trying to rescue the woman he loves from these hyper, like, aggressive dude bros.
1: I mean, he could be. I mean, he's drunk, you know, so he's probably— He's
2: shit-faced, and people are shooting at him, and he just wants to save the pretty lady.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's probably just like— like, damn, dude! Like these guys keep shooting me, and they're like drugging all my friends, and you know, trying to mass murder all of us. You know, like th- this woman is not in good hands. With those people, you know. Uh, I will save her. <laughs> but yeah, he might—he th- might think that he's saving her. I—I I think he more wants to make little gillfish babies. But <laughs> um, it's always
2: with the sex with you.
1: The whole, the movie is about the sex, Chris. For fuck's sake, that's—that's that's what. Mo- actually, actually, many film scholars think that the whole. Fuck Swing. film scholars. Hey, I'm one of them. All right, leave me alone. Many, many film scholars think that like the whole the the swim sequence is, is just a metaphor for sex. You know, like they
2: would <laughs> bunch of perverts in a dark room.
1: And it is in a sense. They're you know they're basically doing missionary in the water. So
2: <laughs> bunch of perverts.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Well, like I always say, so everything is about sex. So
2: <laughs> bunch of
1: perverts. Everything's about <laughs> sex, and it works its way into every element of every movie we watch. Gross. <laughs> but no, but no, you know, but it, just go. Going back to the similar creature really quick i just i just love him because like you know he's just such a great little monster he you know is. He's, so, he's so like shy like they shine the light on him and he's like you know he's <laughs> yeah. just, uh, he just he's just a shy little guy and he just he just wants to he just wants to give a kiss you know and i i love how i love how it's kind of framed in certain moments like the shot where he's coming towards Kay on the boat and it's this sort of like He's coming closer and closer to the camera and like it's like he's about to kiss you, you know. Mm-hmm. And it th- that image just works in so many ways because and they do this all throughout the movie but it, it's giving this sort of side to the creature where it's like okay, you can look at him as either really affectionate and in mm-hmm. love and he just wants to make an impression on Kay. Or you can look at him as the the creepy creeper who is coming up to give you a big old unwanted kiss. You uh, know? <laughs> or he's just a
2: goddamn fish boy who can't breathe.
1: That has nothing to do with why they shot this <laughs> film this way, Chris. <laughs> he's
2: just a fucking fish boy. He,
1: yes. Get off
2: his fish stick.
1: Yes, he is a fish boy, and I love fish sticks. Um, <laughs> but so, all right, I don't want to wrap up without talking about the ending, too, because it's... Again, going back to what we were saying in the beginning here, you know, this this was very heavily based off of King Con or, mm-hmm. or inspired by or stolen from, however you want to look <laughs> at it. And and they did have the original ending where the creature was gonna go off to, you know, this coastal town and get murdered there and all this kind of stuff. And they went with this simpler ending. And but they're they're both they both end up being one and the same, which is that you know, you you essentially get the creature dying, or maybe not, over his love for Kay, mm-hmm. and and you have David trying to stop it and stop the violence and like, can we can we just say like it's just it's way too fucking late, David? Yeah, right? you already let Mark shoot this thing up like a fucking pinata, you know? Yeah, you all
2: have <laughs> shot the creature too many times. You killed too many fish. Like, here's the one thing that, like, I'm starting to get annoyed with with horror films is that the characters being like, I did this. I stopped the violence. Just like, David, you didn't stop shit. You didn't do anything. Like, you kind of helped Mark murder a whole bunch of things. You fucking shot him in the face with rehypnol you did not accomplish anything. You're not a good guy.
1: Yeah. Which, uh, if we want to look at this in the context of it being a triangle, or or in this case, I guess a square between square. K, Mark, <laughs> David, and the creature, there's a part of me that looks at, you know, this ultimate plan to, like, spray this rotenone or whatever. I keep forgetting <laughs> the name of it. To spray this on the creature's face as he's trying to, like, reattach uh, the cable to this tree to get it out of their way so that they can escape. Um, I I look at that as like almost like a pissing contest between David and the creature, where the creature's like trying to come up to him, and Mark's like, ha ha, my pee in your face, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just
2: is <laughs> that a thing just, boys do? Do you just pee in each other's faces?
1: Yeah. What people don't know is that uh, whenever we have a conflict between. Two of us liking the same person, you know, we settle it by peeing in each other's faces, and whoever can, whoever deals the most pee wins. You know, that's disgusting. (laughs) Um, But no, look, the idea being that it's a dick measuring contest. It's it's them. It's it's just another example of them like fighting for this woman's attention, right? And it's just such a such a fucking obvious symbol of David just spraying his junk all over this creature's face.
2: Gross. <laughs> and being like,
1: I own you, you fucking fish.
2: <laughs> I don't like that imagery.
1: Uh, and it's pretty awful. It's um, awful. But, but no, he, but he's this giant hypocrite, you know? Yeah. It's just like uh, they, you know, like Mark, Mark gets really excited about killing, but it's like David is this example of of so many humans in our culture that just Sit by on the sidelines and just let shit happen, you know? And they're like, and they're like, oh, this fucking dude wants to blot out the sun and, you know, (laughs) pull off this like massive Bond villain move whatever i don't want to get involved so i'm just <laughs> it doesn't bother me i like a dark outside you know <laughs> like it's just
2: i'm against that but i'm still gonna build the contraption for him
1: right so he he's just that perfect fucking white bro that just you know sits on the sidelines and lets people do shit like like just lets people like mark do shit right yeah
2: and then takes uh, credit for it when it's all said and done well he
1: takes credit for it at the end in the sense of like you know he, he is he is causing the violence to cease and he's like ha ha I, I have saved the creature. It's like motherfucker you have been trying to murder this thing for 90 the past 70 minutes you know like you don't get you don't get a pat on the back because in the end you decided to not put one more bullet hole in him after he's already taken eight of them you know he's fucking dead. you don't get to you don't get to look at the cockroach dead on the ground. And be like, I'm such a good person because I didn't smash you. He was already dead. <laughs> you did nothing. Did nothing. <laughs> you know, and that's at just so many people now. Like yep. they're like, Well, I didn't I didn't litter. Yes, but you let your friend throw the wrapper down right next to you. <laughs> You're responsible. <Yep. laughs> so you know, we're all we're all Fuck terrible. David. Um, and and David sucks. <laughs> Yeah, so they just have utterly no respect for life. But anyway, so we have to unfortunately start wrapping up our discussion here on Creature from Black Lagoon, which is terrible because, I mean, I I feel like this is a movie I just want to talk about for hours because I love this film. But so who's your killer idiot in Creature from the Black Lagoon?
2: Look, that still goes to Kay for her lack of, like, awareness of the creature being, like, two feet from
1: her. You're really going to give it to Kay? Of this entire cast, you're going to say Kay is the dumbest one because a creature touches her foot and when she looks underwater, he has swam away and she doesn't <laughs> see him? That makes her the moron?
2: <laughs> okay, look, I think that all of them are idiots, but when it comes to, like, like an easy thing that if she had paid more attention, they she wouldn't be in the position that she had I have to get, look... I, I've lived on a lake. I have an intense fear of seaweed. I know when something is within an inch of me so that I don't have to touch fucking shit because it creeps me the fuck out. What's your point? My point is <laughs> she should have known that the creature is there. She should have no. like hung out with him, become his best friend, and she's an idiot for not returning Gilly's love.
1: Look, dumb I, dumb. I, I love you, but do you have any, any idea how many times you've probably been in like, The water and something awful touched you, and you didn't know. Like, you probably. I've known
2: every single time because I don't like the seaweed.
1: Well, you probably (laughs) thought it was seaweed, and meanwhile, it's like a fucking merman and who knows you know what maybe maybe it was fucking jason momoa as aquaman and you were totally oblivious to it now here you are shitting all over k you know saying k is like an idiot because she didn't notice this fucking monster in the lagoon that she's swimming in
2: you've just made me incredibly sad
1: good I missed
2: out on a lake merman
1: you missed out on jason momoa merman. i'm not as attracted
2: to jason momoa as you think i am
1: well i think you are anyway so um <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the,
2: My husband no. decided who I'm attracted to.
1: Well, when you fucking get all, uh, all, all excited and he is gooey an attractive over man. Jason Momoa showing up, of course, I think you're attracted to him. Anyway, the point is Jason Momoa is hot, and <laughs> yes, what we have is. to say is that Mark is really, truly the idiot of this film. You know, money bags, Mark. He's a money bags moron. Like he, you know, he's your, he's your typical money religion.
2: bag moron.
1: He's a money bags moron. He's your typical uh, white. Privileged bro who's you know, clearly has no talent really whatsoever and mm. has just been buying his way into infamy nope. uh, through his entire life. Like, he has no skills other than killing things. <laughs> and he's not even <laughs> very skilled at that because he doesn't successfully kill anything. So <laughs> He successfully dies. Yeah, he successfully dies like the little fucking motherfucker he is, you know? <laughs> um, so, no, he's my moron because fuck Mark. Mark is the whole reason that any one of them die. He is the only reason that anything bad happens. You know, if they... If they just went into that lagoon and respected the creature's lagoon and his home rules and took their goddamn shoes off and closed the (laughs) lid of the toilet when he asked them to, then none of this would have ever happened. But they had to go in and be like, holy shit, a thing I don't recognize, and I'm going to shoot at it and try to kill it instead of being amazed by this evolutionary phenomena. You know, like, anyway. Anyway.
2: Okay, fine. I agree with you. I changed my answer. I agree with you.
1: Thank you. All right, Mark's yeah. an idiot. So what about your killer death? <laughs> I mean,
2: obviously, Mark getting dragged down to his death.
1: Oh yeah, it's Mark because fuck Mark. Fuck
2: Mark! <laughs> Piece of shit.
1: And, uh, and also speaking from like a, a film perspective, like, look, it's just a really well-shot death of Mark. Like the whole, the whole sequence with him and the creature like argue or uh fighting underwater and they're like twisting <laughs> arguing
2: <and> turn- underwater, <laughs> yes,
1: arguing, <laughs> having a very casual argument. Uh, the two of them just twisting and turning underwater like that is just it, it's just so well shot, like, yes. And it's it's a pretty like for 1954, it's an intense moment, yeah. And and really, I have to imagine being an intense uh thing to shoot because I didn't mention this earlier, but you know, when they would shoot these underwater sequences, a lot of the times Rico Browning was holding his breath for up to four minutes at a time. You know, because the guy's just, yeah, yeah, the guy's just like a fucking you know Olympic champ. But uh, I don't really know. He didn't really do the Olympics, but he's a fucking <laughs> he's a champ. You know? He's a he, champ. He's a great diver. And so, you know, it just it's also complicated and well shot and mm-hmm. intense. And so yeah, no, it's just a great moment. And also fuck Mark. Fuck um, Mark. <laughs> what about your killer MVP? of Creature from the Black Lagoon.
2: So, for me, that goes to, um, honestly, the people who worked on the Creature. So, that's uh, Millicent Patrick, who designed the Creature, and then uh, Bud Westmore, who I think actually built, helped build the costume. And
1: Okay, so here... Okay, fine,
2: <laughs> fuck you. You tell me the answer, then.
1: No, so so look, Mill- you had it right the first time, Millicent. So, the... <laughs> so, what... I also picked Millicent, uh, Millicent Patrick, and the reason is, is that Millicent was... Well, first of all, just a little history about Millicent is that she was uh, the first female animator at Disney. Uh, she was a model. She obviously did uh, like creature designs and stuff like that. Like she, she's basically just a total badass. Yep. <laughs> and so she was the creature designer for Creature from Black Lagoon. You know, so she did all the sketches of uh, of what the creature would look like. She essentially designed the concept of him. And essentially, what happened uh, with, with Bud Westmore? So Westmore was the Head of the makeup department at universal mm-hmm. and so technically, Millicent worked for him, but Bud was more of like the publicity guy mm-hmm. you know and and more of her boss of like you know so he would like give obviously certain instructions and orders, and so it wasn 't you know, essentially what it came down to is Westmore, from what i understand and and from what people are kind of talk about around this film is that. He, he was a publicity guy who basically tried to take the credit for the look and design of the creature. So what mm-hmm. would hap- So what happened is, you know, Millicent, because she was very photogenic and, and was mild and stuff like that, they sent her around doing a publicity tour, and she would talk about how, like, you know, she had done all this work for the creature, mm-hmm. and and Westmore essentially took offense to that because he wanted the credit, and something that Westmore would do on set is he would – he was the kind of person who would – send, and this is how shitty Hollywood is sometimes, mm. is he was the kind of person who would send people home by telling them, like, oh, you know, you've worked really hard today. Like, you should take the rest of the day off. And essentially, people would sort of begin to learn that if Westmore was trying to send you home, it was because press was coming in and ah. he wanted to get rid of you so that he could say, this is all my work, you know? Yeah. And, and so so he basically, like, fought over trying to get the credit for it and over – the decades you know kind of pushed millicent patrick into Mm -hmm. uh obscurity obscurity until thankfully mallory omea ended up writing her book on on millicent and and brought that to to public knowledge and
2: which is called the the lady from the black lagoon is the book
1: yeah and it's a must read definitely check it out if you're a fan of the creature from the black lagoon read all Mm -hmm. about millicent patrick and her work on the film um but yeah no it's just another case of like you know a, a woman doing all the work and getting none of the credit and yep. <laughs> and bud westmore was the asshole trying to take all the credit all the time and that's why you know well, he the, is re- he was for a long time thought of as the creature designer although it was Nelson. <laughs> see
2: i want to know who built the suit now i need to do more research cuz i want to know about the people who built the suit because those people are fucking awesome they had to build two separate suits for the two actors you know because i am you know, Rico had to have one that he was able to swim in, which is awesome, but then the one uh, Ben Chapman was in, who played uh, Gilly when he was walking, like, you well, know, he was only able to ever, like, walk in it. Like, he couldn't even sit down in that suit. He had to just, like, lie down on his back or stomach.
1: Well, there there, there were multiple people that that actually put the suit together. Like, I know Chris Muller was one of the sculptors on it, and, and he's the one that... Uh, t- that tells this story of like you know Westmore trying to get him out of, <laughs> out of out of the room when <laughs> press is coming so that he can take all the credit for it. And
2: fuck Westmore. Uh,
1: basically, yeah, but no. But look, the the fact of the matter is, it's Milson Patrick. She was a designer, and and look, the creature itself, uh, every everyone involved really deserves recognition for this mm-hmm. creature because it is one of the best designed creatures ever for a film, like one of the best designed creature suits ever. I mean, yep. when you look at this thing in the film and you think that that is 1954 like that that is a very complex suit actually to have been worn for the time and to go through all this process of being underwater and all this kind of stuff and i mean just right down to the detail of like the eyes which Mm -hmm. granted made it so that the actor couldn't see shit (laughs) (laughs) but but like the eyes are great and when you see it breathing like you see the little like uh the, the gills, gills like flexing in and mm-hmm. out right and it's just like it's just so detailed for 1954 and it, this wasn't like a huge budget film so you know it just it's just incredible like the wor- the work that they achieved with this oh
2: the costume cost $15,000 in the 50s to make Right. Like, that's an insane amount of money.
1: Well, I mean, that was a big part of the budget, is designing yeah. this costume. <laughs> but no, but it's just, yeah, no, it's incredible. And so, yeah, Millicent Patrick, she's got to get the MVP because she deserves, yep. she deserves to have her name pounded into into <laughs> history so that we all continue to remember it, right? So Fuck yeah. one last thing we do here is uh, every week on Twitter, we put up a poll, kind of getting your thoughts and feelings on our Twitter at Killer Critics uh, and just what you think of the film, so... Between Love It, It's Fine, Don't Like It, and Never Seen It, where do you think the audience falls on? Creature from the Black Lagoon.
2: Oh, I'm fucking torn on this one because I feel like, you know, universal monster movies are such like, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be Love It because it's a classic. It's hard to say that you don't love this film, even if you only technically like it.
1: No. Well, you're goddamn right. It's Love It. It is Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's one of the best. And so (laughs) uh, so 65.3% said they love it. 18.6% 18.6% said it's fine, 0.8% said don't like it, and 15.3% said never seen it. So Aww. so I'm actually well, I'm I mean it's only fifteen point three percent for mm-hmm. a film from nineteen fifty-four. I'm honestly not surprised that these are where the numbers fall. You know, it's pretty much what I expected. Mm -hmm. And so we also uh, get comments from you all as well on Twitter. So these are all from Twitter. So first up is, and and we always try to get everybody that we can, but we can only fit out about five per episode. So I'm sorry if your comment didn't get chosen, but keep on submitting. We always like to try to get everybody included in these. So anyway, uh, first up is at underscore soup, which so that's S-O-U-P-W-I-T-C-H. And they say uh, potentially my favorite classic Universal film right after The Invisible Man.
2: Like I'm definitely with you. I think for costuming alone, Creature from the Black Lagoon might be my favorite. Although I have to admit something blasphemous, I still have not seen Dracula. I've seen every <laughs> single one except for Dracula.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look—if you've seen one Dracula movie, you've seen them all. No, so. that's not true.
2: I want to see Bella Lugosi.
1: Oh, that's fair. Bella was great. Um. <laughs> But but look, so the thing I want to say to this is that you know, uh, first of all, creature is also my second favorite one, right behind the Invisible Man. I think that
2: really it beats out the Wolf Man.
1: Listen, the wolf Werewolf man, Boy. Listen, I love werewolves. <laughs> I love the Wolf Man, but I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like the Wolf Man's a really well made movie. Is it because
2: right? he's a creepy <laughs> stalker?
1: Yes, it doesn't. <laughs> it, <laughs> That movie, that movie does not translate well to a modern era. All right, like the whole the whole idea of Lon Chaney being like a fucking stalker of this woman and just being this complete creeper who's watching her from across the window and then just like forms a loving relationship out of that because he turns – I just it, it, there's a lot of things with the Wolfman that are just not perfect to me. You know, like it's I I like the movie a lot. Uh, it's not my favorite werewolf movie. And anyway, um, I prefer The Howling, which kind of ditched all that werewolf lore from the wolf man and kind of went with its own thing you know we get
2: it. the halloween halloween's your favorite we get it
1: yeah it's fucking amazing <laughs> fuck all you um <laughs> not really i love you all but but anyway so so no yeah i mean look creature and the invisible man are both just examples of like universal's ingenuity at the time they're, mm-hmm. the, they're these examples of just really amazing monster movies that were achieved through impossible conditions at the time you know like yeah. um like creature from the black lagoon Again, going back to the underwater sequences, which by the way, were I didn't mention this uh, during the main part of the episode, but it's kind of fascinating that you know, and and have some fun with yourself and go back and watch this is that uh, all of the above water shots have our main cast, and then everything shot underwater. Is Rico Browning in the suit? So there was a different actor in the suit for the above water shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything underwater is Rico Browning and different actors and and you know swimmers and stuff playing those characters. And it, and so it's kind of funny because all of the above water stuff for the most part was shot at the Universal lot, <laughs> and everything shot underwater was shot in Florida. So <laughs> <laughs> that that's an achievement in and of itself. Is all those underwater sequences with a creature in a suit or with a guy in a suit like that's pretty spectacular. You, yeah. You know? Uh, and then the Invisible Man, I mean, holy shit, like, you know, I, I'm, with, I, I'm with that underscore soup for each beer because the Invisible Man is just, like, even knowing how they achieved the effects of the Invisible Man, like, unwrapping himself and being invisible, even knowing how they did that in that era still doesn't take away from the fact that it is just goddamn amazing. <laughs> it's just so impressive that they accomplished this stuff back then, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, doing shit that... You know, filmmakers won't even dare to do today. Like, who the hell is making a film like Creature from Black Lagoon right now with a guy in a rubber suit swimming underwater? Like, nobody is doing that shit, you know? Other
2: than Guillermo del Toro, y'all are chicken shit.
1: Well, and, yeah, and you know, to be fair, I mean, obviously it was very risky, and I'm, ah! <laughs> and, and I'm sure nobody wants to get sued for someone dying on sick because you don't want that. But, uh, but anyway, thank you at underscore soupwitch for the comment. Appreciate it. Uh next up is at 24th underscore doctors. So this is my friend Caitlin who used to be my assistant editor on Killer Horror Critic, Missy Caitlin. She also is uh uh one of the assistant editors on Daily Grindhouse now, so you should follow them and check them out and follow her. Uh but that's at 24th underscore doctor. And she says this one and the Frankenstein movies are tied for best universal creature features in my book. Partly because this one features at least one creature tossing a weird guy from a high place scene (laughs) in every sequel, plus Millicent Patrick's design.
2: Yeah, the... This is really why Creature kind of wins out for me over all of our Universal. Monsters
1: lifting people up and throwing them?
2: (laughs) Sure, yeah. No, I haven't seen any of the sequels, so I never saw him throw anybody.
1: He throws people in this movie.
2: He does kind of throw some people. Look, for me, it all comes down to the Creature design for these Universal horror monster films. And Creature, by far, wins out. Best Creature design. So, yeah, Millicent, you are our goddess.
1: Yeah, no, she really was. Uh, so anyway, thank you at twenty fourth underscore doctor for the comment. Appreciate it because I, I have nothing to add. Like I, I completely, <laughs> I completely agree. I mean, Frankenstein's also great. I love that movie because of how much you relates to the monster, right? Mm-hmm. Or to or to the creature. Not Frankenstein, as everyone loves to call him. It kind of sucks that he got the name of his creator because he shouldn't he should have his own name. But anyway, um, <laughs> he is Frankenstein's monster. Anyway, uh, thank you at twenty fourth underscore doctor. Appreciate it, Missy Caitlin. Uh next up is at Darth Bill 52 so that's D A R T H B I L L and then the number is 52. And they say my favorite universal monster movie hands down. It's kind of a theme with this one I guess. Yep. <laughs> a lot of people's favorites. Um and they say it's honestly to me the horror equivalent to eating mac and cheese when you're sad. The great costuming and the underwater shots. And come on, who didn't have a crush on Julie Adams? Agree with you there. Yeah, those legs were insured for I think four hundred thousand so. dollars. Damn,
2: she is gorgeous.
1: Yeah, very, very classical kind of Hollywood looking actress.
2: Yeah, creature. Yeah, favorite. Absolutely. I don't know if it's a mac and cheese type of movie because it still makes me no. kind of sad.
1: Well, but that's that's their point, Chris. <laughs> they're saying <laughs> they're saying they're saying it's like, wait, are you saying mac and cheese makes you sad? No,
2: I'm saying creature makes me sad because no. Gilly's so poorly treated.
1: No, but that's their point. Is it's like it's not. It's not about not being, it, it, you know, it's it's comfort food. That's basically what they're trying to say. It's yes. like, you know, like you said, you can watch Creature doing the laundry. You know, it's the same. It's the same difference. Oh, like okay, you, yeah. You know, it's just it's that it's that comfortable movie to just watch. Uh, and and if you're feeling down, you get to watch it and enjoy a good film. And and you know, and again, I think I think for kids like myself, you know, it just it, the creature always spoke to kind of me as a kid of being like that sort of outcast or that bullied kid, and you're like. You know, it's that weird feeling of like, man, I I see myself in the monster more than I do these fucking pretentious white assholes, you know, who are coming in here and throwing cigarettes in the water. That's
2: why I get mad when you shit on Gilly, because I like you.
1: I never shit on Gilly one time. I called him ugly through the eyes of the people in the movie. (laughs) Not ugly. I didn't say he was ugly, Chris. Anyway, so thank you at Darth Bill 52 for the comment. Appreciate it. Uh, Next up is a comment from at Mr. Phil Armitage, so that's M-R-P-H-I-L-A-R-M-I-T-A-G-E, and they say, easily one of the most perfect monster movies ever made, 100% deserving of its classic status, and the blueprint for most genre films since. It's also the best 3D film I've experienced on the big screen at a festival years ago.
2: I am so jealous you got to see this in 3D. That is my new life goal. That and watching Jaws while sitting on an inner tube in a lake.
1: Well, I'm never doing that (laughs) one with you, but I will see this in 3D. (laughs)
0: You
2: are. I will make you.
1: I I don't even know if I can handle watching Jaws in a pool on a movie screen.
2: (laughs) No, this will be amazing. It'll be so much fun. No, I agree with you. And here's my favorite thing, weirdly, about Creature from the Black Lagoon is we have this one, which is beautiful and amazing. And then we also get Guillermo del Toro's, you know, version of it in Shape of Water. And it's just so perfectly, like, the two of them married together so well. And now I want to just do a double feature of the two.
1: I will just say, you know, yes, it, it is one of the most perfect monster movies ever made. Yes. and And I I do agree that it's 100% the of its classic status. And it did influence a lot of these films that came after, you know, and like, it... Yes, it itself is sort of heavily influenced by things like King Kong, uh, but it itself, I think, influenced films later on. Like, when you watch the scene, as we've talked so much about already, with uh, with Kay being touched by the creature, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some similarities to that scene and the opening scene in Jaws, where the shark is kind of yeah. poking and prodding at the woman before he drags her down. And <laughs> I would even say that Henry Mancini's score is, you know, a... Uh, has moments that are similar to the Jaws score of like the dun dun dun, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's very different. Mancini's score is much more kind of flamboyant and adventurous and all that kind of stuff.
2: Because it was the fifties.
1: Because it was the fifties, but there are I think certain elements that translate to Jaws or or kind of feel like Jaws was inspired by them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Jaws ripped off Creature from Black Lagoon is what I'm trying to say here. Yes, um, they <laughs> did. Not re- not really, only sort of, but kind of. Uh, but anyway, thank you at Mr. Phil Armitage for the comment. Appreciate it. And yes, I am dying to see this movie in three D. That has to happen soon. And lastly, is a comment from at Run Kyle Run thirteen. So that's Run K Y L E Run, and then the numbers one three. And they say my favorite classic Universal monster movie. This is beautifully shot, especially the underwater scenes with the Gill Man. The story, action, score, and cinematography is top notch. As one of the last in the original classics, it uses what came before it to its own advantage.
2: Yeah, I think you summed it up better than we did. Yeah, this this movie is gorgeous. And there's a reason why, even though it came much later than the other ones, it gets to join the universal classic horror monsters because it's perfect and it's beautiful and it moves us. And that's why we love this one. And I'm so glad that it's so many of you guys' favorite movie because it's my favorite universal monster movie. I have decided.
1: You have decided. I have decided. (laughs) Is it because of the Gill Man or?
2: (laughs) Yes, it's because of Gilly. I love him. I stan him. He's my favorite. I will fight Dracula or Frankenstein's monster for him. And Frankenstein's monster deserves to be called Frankenstein because he's Frankenstein's son. So he should have the last name of Frankenstein.
1: Why would he want the last name of Frankenstein? Frankenstein's a dick.
2: (laughs) Frankenstein is a dick. And he's
1: a terrible father. (laughs) He's deserving
2: of a name. And he deserves to be recognized.
1: Well, it shouldn't be Frankenstein. If your dad was like, the the worst mass murderer of of the lo- of the last <laughs> century. You wouldn't want his name. You'd want to be your own person. But and Frankenstein what, isn't a mass that's what murderer. It doesn't matter, Chris. Frankenstein's monster does not want to be named after Frankenstein. Yes, he Frank- does. No, he, he wants doesn't. to
2: be recognized no, by his creator. No,
1: well, yes, but he doesn't like. Yeah. He doesn't like his daddy. He doesn't want his. None name. of us <laughs> like our dads. All right, this is off <laughs> in a whole new direction. Um, right, so that's gonna do it for us on creature from Black Lagoon. So hopefully enjoyed that i mean look this is a film that came out in 1954 it's over you know it's 70 years old we uh, i don't know they're going to find a lot of people that have something new to say about this but hopefully (laughs) uh hopefully you enjoyed our conversation on it uh next week we are continuing our theme of monsters in love with the justin benson and aaron moorhead film spring Yay! Uh, which i cannot wait to introduce Chris to. i don't think she's seen it yet
2: i haven't i'm so excited
1: but that's another one you can check out i think it i want to say it's streaming on Shudder or prime uh, check it out there if you can otherwise it is a film that's well worth renting if you've never seen it so go check that out do your homework there for next week Otherwise, we will see you all next week. Hope you enjoyed listening to us flap our flippers about (laughs) Gilman and Creature from Black Lagoon. And so I'm Matt.
2: And I'm Chris.
1: And have a good night, horror fans.
2: Bye.
0: I hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Killer Horror Critic. If you'd like to scream with us some more, please subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at KillerFromSpace, as well as Instagram at Killer underscore Horror underscore Critic. New episodes release every Friday, so keep your eyeballs peeled just the way I like them. Have a good night, horror fans.